data matters. Now, there's a politics to all the things that we see regarding COVID, and I don't disagree with this. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. But I leave those politics to individuals. When we're talking about data, I want to know, like you want to know, what is actually happening? That's the part that matters. What is it that we're dealing with? What is it that we're seeing? I wanted to know what was going on in Indianapolis. What is happening here regarding COVID with kids and why are hospitals filling up a subject that we're hearing not only here in Indy, but all across the country. Dr. Jennifer Barker joins me right now, double board certified in pediatrics and emergency medicine, the medical director of the emergency department at Ascension St. Vincent at Peyton Manning's Children's Children's Hospital and co-chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Ascension St. Vincent. Now, full disclosure, I have never met Dr. Barker before, but she spent an hour with me last night answering questions so I would be able to understand how to bring this conversation to all of us. She joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. And Dr. Barker, it's good to have you with us. We're discussing what's happening in hospitals and we're seeing hospitals fill up, but it's not simply COVID that is filling up hospitals. It is respiratory ailments. So I would like for you to take a minute to walk us through what it is you're seeing, and specifically the differences that exist between those kids who may be coming in with the Delta variant of COVID and what is called RSV. Well, good morning, Tony. Thank you so much for for having me this morning. It is definitely a different environment in the hospital over the last couple months. We are seeing a uptick in our respiratory viral complaints, which interestingly enough, for the previous 18 months, had always been present, but definitely not in the numbers that we're currently seeing. Um, I would say that we are seeing kind of a bimodal um, distribution of respiratory complaints. We are seeing a group of younger kids that are typically probably five years and younger who are presenting with significant congestion, fever, runny nose, and they're testing positive for RSV, which is respiratory syncytial virus. It's a virus we typically see in the winter. So we typically see December, January, February months of the year. So it's atypical to see it this time of year. Uh, and we're seeing it, t- usually we'll see RSV create symptoms in kids who are two and younger. Uh, and they present with cough, congestion, like I mentioned, fever. And they often will have respiratory distress because they're having a hard time managing all the secretions that they have. Um, The interesting thing this year is that we are seeing it in kids older than that as well with the respiratory complaints. For older kids or for adults that might get RSV, it just looks like the common cold with with congestion and maybe some of fever. So what what you're seeing, just uh, because we want to keep things moving, RSV is not something that is new or unique because of COVID. It's not new or unique because of masks. Rather, it's something that it does exist. There is a season for it, but you're just seeing more of those cases oddly in the summer. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, I've, I've pulled our hospital data and before the end of May, we were not really seeing any RSV in the last week of May, we saw one case for the week, and now the first week of August, we have seen over 50 cases for the week. 
And part of the argument is, is that you have people who are getting out, they're seeing each other, as opposed to being in a lockdown mode, and so they're seeing each other, and these things could be spreading with a little more effectiveness. Absolutely. And I do think, too, that with this being the population that is under two, um, I do think that it is uh, interesting that probably more of them are being uh, in daycare settings than were during lockdown. There are more parents who are going back to work in person. Um, And so I do think that uh, we've got also a group of kids that for the last year and a half really have not had exposure to respiratory illnesses like they are now. Talking to Dr. Jennifer Barker, medical director of the emergency department at Ascension St. Vincent at Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. So this is an argument not that, oh, my gosh, what is happening? It's that you would have seen more of these cases spread out over more time if we weren't in, in lockdown. This isn't this isn't a pro or, or con to the lockdown conversation. That's much more a political conversation. But what it is giving you is this is taking up emergency room beds because when somebody says, hey, my child is having trouble be- breathing, the doctor doesn't say, well, bring them in or make an appointment. They say go to the emergency room. In some cases, it is taking ICU beds, but the mass, the, the, the preponderance of what you're seeing are these RSV cases in terms of the those who need hospitalization and not specifically COVID, even though you are seeing an uptick of COVID in children. That is exactly right. We're seeing an uptick in the kids who are needing admission for RSV. And we are seeing an increase in the numbers of kids with COVID. At the same time, uh, the kids with COVID, the pre- predominance of them are able to be able to go home with symptomatic care and following. Now, that's not to say that we don't have sick kids with, with COVID. At a point last week, our intensive care unit, 25% of the kids in our intensive care unit were kids with COVID. Um so I, I think that it is predominantly RSV that is driving our admissions currently. Now, when we say 25%, if if I understand it right, 12 ICU beds, three of them are COVID. We're, we're not making an argument of discounting. We just want to make sure we understand the numbers of what you're seeing at Ascension St. Vincent. Yes, and you're, you're exactly right. So now let's get into what it is that we think we're seeing regarding uh, COVID is 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 the Delta variant really that much more dangerous, or may, let's start with contagious and dangerous—two separate things for children. So it is absolutely more contagious, and I think um, as far as dangerous, anytime you simply have more kids getting sick, there's going to be more of a demand on resources from a hospital or from a healthcare standpoint. And so some of what is, uh, I would put in the category of dangerous, is when you have uh, a healthcare system that's not able to take care of kids the way we would want to, but just because of the volume. Uh, so that's part of the conversation is, is how many kids are getting sick. Now, as far as the Delta variant, I do think that we are seeing kids with more symptoms but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's more dangerous. See that, 
that's the part that, that kind of gets people because then it's taken in, into the political of, okay, it's not more dangerous. Uh, uh, my kid's fine and my kid's good. My kid's not going to have an issue. You and I, uh, in, in our conversation yesterday, if, if we were to dig into it this way, might have a disagreement on a, on a couple of things that, that kids can be doing or, or parents uh, can be doing regarding either, either uh, social distancing, masks, uh, vaccine, uh, these kinds of things. You did note, and I want to make sure that it's clear that certainly not all children are are eligible for vaccines, but the children you are seeing who are eligible, in your words, they are all unvaccinated, correct? The kids that are ending up in the hospital are unvaccinated kids, yes. Talk to me about what you think the future holds. You, you've taken a look at, at state data. We see some states like Alabama that seem to be past their peak. There was a whole conversation about peak and COVID. Uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, formerly of the FDA, talking about Delta being in, in the rearview mirror, the Delta variant, although there could be uh, uh, other variants. Uh, where is Indiana in terms of Delta peak? When you look at prediction models, uh, I think... Dr. Scott Godley might be talking about the United States as a whole. I do think that there is uh, regional variation depending on where you are uh, in the country. And I do think that Indiana is still on the upswing. When you look at some of our predictive models, it looks like we will not peak for another several weeks, maybe towards the end of September to the beginning of October. End of September. So that's, that's, I mean, that's five weeks. You shared that number with me yesterday and it kind of, it kind of blew my mind a little bit that we could still be seeing that kind of uptick. But are you expecting in our hospitals, expecting that many more cases to fill up hospital beds on a short-term or a long-term basis? You know, with any predictive model, it's, it's never 100%. But I will tell you that the hospitals across central Indiana are generally quite full. Um, and they're not... There certainly are, are COVID patients, um, but we're not near the number of COVID patients right now that we were late last fall or early um, 2021. Uh, but we are certainly back to planning uh, to how are we going to be able to deal with increased numbers should our numbers go up for another four to five to six weeks. Uh, the, the hospitals in the area are definitely planning for increased numbers. Uh, there are a uh, of- fair amount of these conversations i only hope we get to have uh in into the future on the subject and getting the data but i want to make sure we're we're being clear that when we talk about there's the conversation of covid and of delta there's the conversation of rsv and then there's the conversation of what's happening in your hospitals talk to me about how full your hospital and other hospitals in the area are and it's not just covid but from from this this mix of, of things that you're seeing Great question. So our hospitals have been running near our staffed capacity for several weeks. And it's interesting because it's there, this isn't just one hospital in the area. All of our hospitals are, um, I think, working hard to find the, the right people to uh, be able to work. And I, I'm going to be real honest, Tony, healthcare is, is tired, <laughs> uh, just like everyone is of, of COVID of the pandemic, um, but we do see, we are, we are seeing all of the other things, especially over the summer, uh, often our trauma numbers go up, and it was interesting, there was a, a patient who was transferred um, from out of state to central Indiana last night as a trauma patient, 
um, just because, again, I think there are other states that are also working to, to full capacity. And we do still have some capacity, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it is just much more, uh, it's a daily question of where can our patients be, where can they be safely, and how many of them um, do we have room for today. Last week, uh, our hospitals in central Indiana, uh, the majority of them were on the, in a diversion status, which is where um, hospitals will go temporarily for a couple hours, sometimes, sometimes up to a day, when they don't have capacity to take more patients so that we right. can manage the ones we've got and then continue to take more. And uh, that is something that's happened to multiple hospitals on a daily basis in our area.